Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 18 of Split Screen Media. Uh, for those of you who are new, we are a media-based entertainment podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and get into our personal lives a little bit. With me as always is my lovely, talented, and beautiful co-host, Chris Blankenship. <laughs> Thanks, that's a lot of adjectives. <laughs> it was, I was feeling it today. And uh, our first time guest host, Thomas, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, happy to be here, ready to get into some good topics. Hell yeah, I love that attitude. All right, well, our first topic tonight is uh, we're going to we're gonna take it back a little bit. We talked about Gina Carano before, who, for those of you who don't know, plays Cara Dune on The Mandalorian. Uh, she is in much more trouble than she was last podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, she had made some uh, social media posts, mostly tweets, I believe, uh, saying some transphobic stuff. Uh basically saying that masks were stupid that covid doesn't exist blah 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 you know that kind of stuff and then uh most recently was some uh anti-semitic posts where disney was finally fed up with her and they decided to fire her um so i guess there's a lot we can talk about here because the last episode we were basically mentioning like whether or not it's okay for companies to fire people based on you know their beliefs or their opinions um, I felt like we were kind of split on that kind of right down the middle with all the guests, but I also just want to talk about your guys's enjoyment of the show and how you think this decision will affect it going forward, because she's not like a super important character. Like she's not integral to the plot or anything. So, you know, moving forward, it might not be that big a deal, but how do you, I guess, general thoughts, how do you guys feel about this? I don't really care that much. Uh, like, I don't think her character is like very central to the Mandalorian. Um, like some of the best episodes from this past season were episodes without her, not because she wasn't there, but just because like you can build a plot that doesn't involve her and it'd still be very good. Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with that, Chris. I also think like just overall, she didn't really add terribly too much to the show for me personally either. Um, whether it was from the writing for her character itself or just her acting ability, it just kind of, when she was there to me, it just didn't feel like it was anything that special. Um, and, like, she added that much. I think, really, she could have just been left in the first season and we could have called it at that. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I mean, like, she didn't really have much of a character to begin with. Like, I mean, she's she's big lady who shoots gun, and that's kind of it. Like, they don't really give her a lot of backstory, except for the fact that she was part of the, uh, you know, like the Rebel Alliance dropship unit or whatever it was called. Um, but even that is, like, pretty surface level and shallow. So I, I don't think that they were ever planning on making her character any deeper, even if she had continued in this series. Um, but it's interesting to me that, like, this was the final straw for Disney. Because usually... How ironic, don't you think? <laughs> well, <laughs> ironic, yes, but also I just think a lot of times with companies now when there's offensive tweets or stuff on social media that people don't like, they cut those actors off immediately. Um, but they gave her a lot of time. Like they gave her, th th like the first incident happened months ago. Um, you know, basically when that podcast where we talked about it happened and she was still working for them up until about a week ago. So it's interesting to me that they didn't cut her off immediately, which definitely makes me think there's some... Uh, you know, there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff that we don't really know about. Yeah, sorry, you put out there for a second on my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my AirPods decided they just wanted to stop working uh, completely, and then I just had to reconnect them. Um, but I, I mean, from what I gathered that what you did say, I, yeah, I, I think there's more going on behind the scenes than what led on, and not a fan of this crusade she's trying to lead currently with of like, oh, I'm, and, and you know, it plays into her most recent tweets about you know, the kind of anti-Semitic comments of, oh, I'm like this martyr and, you know, oh, conservatives are being attacked and, and stuff like that. I, I think she's just trying to play onto the sympathies of what's going on politically now. And it's just a really bad taste too. I just think it makes her come looking worse, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, Cause she, She's part of uh, it's Ben Shapiro's network now, right? Like she's making a movie mm -hmm. under his uh, yeah. production company. I'm looking yeah, at. I think um, she's supposed to be like co-starring in something with him. Yeah, 
here do you want me to pull per i have her twitter i was just curious because i didn't look at it um but like her second tweet she's retweeted ben shapiro here welcome to the rebellion yeah that's what, okay <laughs> that, that was what she said she said they can't cancel us if we don't let them which is ironic for someone who just got canceled to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah new movie project with ben shapiro daily wire now i mean there are times where i think the the cancel culture gets a little ridiculous i would be lying if i said that i agreed with everything that happens on twitter because obviously i don't um but in this case, it really does feel like she was asking for, I mean, all she had to do was just keep it a little bit more mild on her social media and she would still have this job. Like it, it feels a hundred percent her fault. Yeah. Did, did she delete some stuff? I'm not really seeing anything. Obviously I, I know she uh, deleted some stuff. So. Yeah. I think she, she went back oh. and she deleted some of this. Yeah. yeah she deleted some of the stuff that kind of she really got called out for. Um, but no, I, I, I think I agree with you too, Donna, that she, I mean, if she kept it more mild, we would have had a different story. Um, and I think she's, again, trying to play too much of the what's going on now and just to give herself over this kind of sob story. And it's like, well, you kind of can't compare things to the Holocaust or make, you know, anti-Semitic things. It just doesn't fly. Yeah, I mean, and like you're a grown woman, like you should know better than to, <laughs> yeah, stuff right, like that. And especially considering that you're somebody who's in the public eye and on one of Disney's current largest projects, you know, and, and most popular thing that's going on right now out of any streaming service that at least I know of. Um, and you got to realize that if you're going to make a remark like that, people are going to see it, and it's going to, I mean, it's going to come back to haunt you no matter what. Like I say, internet's forever. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, yeah. last time we had talked about how um, like when she, this was making its rounds, she uh, we talked about how when she makes those comments, she's kind of part of the face of Disney. And so, you know, it represents Disney and I guess Disney had enough. Oh, yeah. Well, like you could say too, like, hey, you know, I know for Connor, you're an NFL guy, you know, and they have the whole no fun policy quote-unquote, when, you know, you, you score a touchdown or, you know, in your celebrations that, you know, you're supposed to keep them to a certain level and it got people angry for a while, but it also, like, you could see it served a purpose because you got to realize going into that game, you're the face of the NFL, you're a face to be shown to young expire, aspiring athletes and, um, you know, you represent them and it's a private company, it's a private industry, so your actions reflect on them and if they don't see what you're doing is it's properly you know they can come after you for it they've been getting pretty lax with that rule anyway too like <laughs> have you seen some of the stuff they do in the end zone like <laughs> they get pretty crazy they get the entire team like in the end zone to take pictures and stuff now i'm like how is that not flagged for anything on a side note i'm all for it it adds a little more fun and everything like that but you know again you're the face of, of at that moment you're the face of, of that industry and you know, you need to realize your responsibilities to that. It's, you know, and it's the same for her when she tweets out, she may not be the main star of it, but, you know, you are a part of it and people know your face now from the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring up the NFL too, because I think the, the Colin Kaepernick situation mirrors this in terms of how it was handled. Not obviously not content, but definitely how it was handled where the NFL just immediately fired him. Yeah. Um, where you know, in except in this instance, it's standing up for equal rights and and justice for all people. And in her case, it's posting mildly racist things and <laughs> and, and telling people that a, a pandemic isn't real. So I mean, there's definitely a difference there, and I would understand why Disney wouldn't want to be a part of that. But I think people on her side were making that argument that there is a bias um, in terms of what what political party you lean toward, towards, what political affiliations you have and therefore what opinions you have based on those things oh yeah i think um i, I think you know you can look at hollywood as a whole and you, you know you can understand that there's going to be a there's a political bias there just from who the benefactors are and you know who is most open openly supported um and then you're kind of touching on the fine line again with like the nfl and the nba same thing goes for hollywood you know you have people making these statements and remarks that are in positions of I wouldn't say power, but positions of popularity, you know, can sway some of public opinion. 
and it's one of those it, to me it's a gray line of like you know where do you where do you as a person have the responsibility as somebody in that position as to where do I need to stop talking but where do am I also allowed to voice my opinion I think you're starting to see kind of that gray area kind of you know get even more gray it's, it's such a fine line now um because you know when Colin Cat, like you said when Colin Kaepernick did a thing you know so many people got up in arms and then and now as time has gone on his position towards the public opinion has totally been shifted and swayed um and with her you know you you look at this and you're like well, you, you can't make that remark even if you think this remark and you're allowed to have your opinion you can't broadcast that out at you know on public domain essentially it's interesting too because the media initially twisted Colin Kaepernick's stance and turned it into something else like him him hating America or hating the military yeah. or you know whatever whatever the flag stupid thing that whatever. they yeah like just being straight up disrespectful which it wasn't and you know is is very clear now but I understand people's outrage from the onset because that's what they were told because you know yeah. everyone was saying that that was what he was doing and you have no other way of verifying I don't have Colin Kaepernick's number I don't know what his thought process was at the time so like now knowing exactly what the story is, everyone can see the full picture. But something like this, I don't think it's really going to change in terms of. Oh no, there's opinions. not a public opinion to go back on this one. No, <laughs> unless we're going back to like 1940 and to a totally different country, you know. It's, <laughs> right, because this was this was her social media. This was her Twitter. It's yeah. her exact thoughts. Like there's no mm -hmm. there's no uh, process of what like like telephone where you tell one person one thing and it goes yeah like, it's not like you got mixed up through the wire or anything you no know, he said she said they said it was straight from her yeah her mouth to her phone to the entire world like it's you know exactly how it's going to be so i don't know i'm not again i'm not really that even if she was a, a super amazing character the best character in the show i wouldn't really be that upset that that she was like oh but especially knowing that there's really nothing more i think they could do with her character and that it kind of ended in a place where they could easily write her off. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's whatever to me. Well, especially because that latter half of the season, she really didn't play that big of a role into much of anything. I mean, she was there. She was like a support character. But, I mean, whether she was there or not, I, I don't see the, the plot or anything getting worse or better, you know. Yeah, Bill Burr had more depth than she did. And that's... <laughs> Bill Burr was phenomenal. Yeah, he, he was. was really good on that show. I was going to say, Tom, she summed it up pretty well with, she was there. <laughs> yeah just a presence at that point well it's interesting talking about uh pedro pascal and his role on this show now with her gone because he was also recently cast as joel from the uh the last of us show the hbo max show that's gonna be coming out i think in like a year or two um maybe a little bit longer if they only just cast it but people were already kind of um upset about the casting i don't have either of you guys played the last of us video game mm -mm. Not. okay so basically i can just sum it up real quick as to why the, pedro pascal and the young girl that they cast as ellie i don't remember her name the actress's name but they look nothing like their respective video game counterparts and i think people were a little upset by that because they wanted it to feel a bit more authentic to the game um but something interesting that people said was that Pedro Pascal might be leaving the Mandalorian for this because he was kind of upset, even though he didn't agree with Gina Carano, he was upset that Disney let her go for her personal beliefs, um, which I think would be crazy if that happened. Cause really, I mean, what would they even do with that show after that? Like, would they just spin it off into something else? Would they cancel it? Like, I don't, I don't even know what the process would be after that. I think it comes to an interesting point too, because of how, this last season ended um and what the next book is supposed to be is, is the book of boba right um the next one is supposed to be about not even really necessarily you know i haven't heard too much but it's not really supposed to be about pedro's character himself um it's supposed to go you know into a slightly different direction i could be wrong on this but that was my impression at the the end of the season and um you know the the short little snippet teaser they gave you um, so, I mean, I guess it could be at a point where they could take it in a different direction, but I don't know. I, I feel like it would be a dumb move for him just to stop. I mean, but, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to stick up for what you believe in. I think it would be a stupid move, but um, – and, and just going back real quick, I think my understanding 
And again, I could be wrong too, but I believe that was just a, the Boba Fett thing was a teaser for an entirely new show that's coming out. So that won't be connected to the Mandalorian. It'll be its own show, like its own spinoff Boba Fett show. Yeah. And then the Mandalorian season three will continue maybe a couple years after the events of season two. I think they said there's going to be a time jump. Okay. Again, I, I, I like I said, I could have been wrong. That was just my impression from just watching the little snippet teaser at the very end, um, you know, without doing a, a full, you know, delve into it research. Right, right. They did. Th- that was confusing because that's initially what I thought, too. I was like, oh, they're just going to tell a different story. And the Mandalorian yeah. isn't necessarily just Mando. It'll be Mandalorians from all across the galaxy. Um, but I think they are planning on making it its own show eventually down the line. But if that's the case, do you think if Pedro and everybody leaves that they would there's a chance they would cancel the Mandalorian? I think if everybody, if most of the main characters decide to leave, I think what they would do is time skip ahead to the sequel trilogy and they would probably have like a whole different cast. Because right now, the sequel trilogy takes place 20 years after Return of the Jedi, after episode six. And Mandalorian right now takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So they would have to skip like 15 years. But if they got into like the First Order era... um, and they started kind of fresh from there, that might be a good way to go. And then that would also be an interesting way of them retconning all of the sequel trilogy movies, which I have heard rumors that they might do. But I think the show's too popular to cancel at this point. I think they yeah. would, you know, whatever they have to do to keep it alive, I think they'll do it. Honestly, their advantage is the fact that, you know, we only seen his face a couple of times and, the whole thing about him is is he always kept his helmet on now was towards the end of the season that was changing and he was learning you know oh it's his way is is the the more orthodox or the more to the extreme side of the mandalorian culture but um i don't know it it could set it up to where they could just plug and play a different actor who's just similar enough if, if at all possible yeah, that's true. I, I bet they're kicking themselves now that they made him take off his helmet <laughs> in this season because they could have just gotten a guy that kind of sounds like him and just move forward from there. But it almost seems like his his views are breaking down, and you might see him more in the next season um, if he's in there without his helmet more. So you need to shoot more scenes with him, which sucks. But yeah, because <laughs> at this point he's shown his face to like at least everybody on that ship and then a bunch of stormtroopers. So, you know, you kind of broke the, when when you do it once you break the rule forever. So, Mm -hmm. fortunately they can't pull a Darth Vader and change who the actor is for that. Like every three or four movies. (laughs) The end, he's like, (laughs) it's funny going back and watching those because like Return of the Jedi, when he pulls his mask off, it looks nothing like it. It's just some old man. Yep. (laughs) Like, all right, well. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of different directions they could go. And and going back on what you said, too, where you were like, you have to stand up for what you believe in, or he has to stand up for what what he believes in. I get that. But the other part of me is like, it's kind of like, fuck you. Like, you get to be a part of this awesome universe. (laughs) And you're going to, and everyone's treating it like it's not, like, I would be, it would be so cool for me to be a part of the Star Wars universe. Like, I would show up on set early. I'd be the first one there and the last one to leave. And everyone's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to come back to Star Wars. And I'm just, like, so pissed. (laughs) I mean, also, you can look at it slightly differently, too. Like, he may not agree with her, but I get the premise of, oh, if, if he is on this side of oh she shouldn't have been let go because of her personal beliefs and blah 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 but it's like dude she made anti-semitic comments on twitter like what does that say about your character about who you're exactly standing up for if you do leave the show as well i think he's he's not he's not standing up for her he's standing up for anybody who wants to voice their opinion oh yeah like as sorry poor word, choice of wording but if this is i mean is is this the hill you're ready to die on is it really is where it goes to it's like is this the battle you want to pick for that argument you know you you could find many other instances i'm sure across hollywood of people getting let go from roles i mean 
I mean, you talk, you go into Johnny Depp and all that stuff if you really wanted to with that, and that would be more of a valiant, you know, effort for him to go after instead of saying, you know, oh, well, Gina made these tweets. I don't think she should have been let go for it, even though they were, you know, they said this or they had these anti-Semitic notions. I mean, I feel like that's just a a poor choice to be like, oh, well, I don't want to really work with Disney anymore because, you know, she, she was let go for her opinion. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like the Johnny Depp thing where people still don't really know what happened. Like, you know exactly what happened with her. There's yeah. no, there's no ambiguity with how she feels about these issues or, or her guilt in, in tweeting these things. Like that's all out in the open. That's all public. Everyone knows the full story. So I agree with you that maybe this isn't the best thing, especially now that he's one of the hottest actors working, like he's getting all these roles and all these crazy, like he was just in uh, the new wonder woman movie and he's going to be in last of us and he's going to be in, hopefully you know continuing in star wars so i mean some of the biggest franchises in the world so i I agree this might be a a poor time to defend someone who's clearly guilty if you're in pedro's position how do you think you would have stood up for her if you believed in um people being able to voice their opinions without leaving the show entirely would you guys do i definitely wouldn't have you wouldn't Um, have I'm not saying back her up, but back up being able to voice your opinion. So, so you're saying if I was in the position where I, I feel that, that she should have been able to do it, how would I, Connor, have done it? Mm-hmm. How would I have stood up for her? Um, I mean, I definitely would have had a lot of private conversations with her. Like, like listen, you can feel how you feel, but, but publicly you represent this company and you, you know, I, I can't, if I, you know, if I work in an office, I can't just start, screaming trump 2020 in the middle of my cubicle like stuff something's gonna happen to me (laughs) like i can't just expect nothing to happen when i do that so and it's the same exact thing for her so you can have whatever thoughts you have privately or or with your friends or whatever i mean that's what this country's based on but when you work for a a company especially a big company like disney i i don't think that it's unrealistic for people to for me to say to her you need to chill out a little bit I, I I think you're spot on with that one, Connor. I, I don't think there's a way he could possibly really go about it and, again, had defended her or not necessarily defended her, but defended her right to have the opinion without it still kind of coming back in some sort of negative notion. It, it's I'm all for you don't have to agree with everybody you ever meet, but there's also a time and place to be able to voice things. And, you know, how she went about this was, again, coming off the backs of, of the success of the last season and, you know, the, the show doing so well. And, you know, she's now more and more gaining the public's eye um, just because of her role in it. It's one of those times you can't say that. You, you just, even if you feel that, you just can't say that. And I don't think people should just be fired for their opinions left and right because then we're, you know, that's a very touchy subject getting into free speech and everything. But you can't make a statement like that on a website like Twitter and or format like Twitter and, and expect there to not be some sort of consequence. And I don't think there's a way he can go back and, you know, even if he really wanted to defend her, if that's what this isn't even all about, like not defend her opinion, but defend her right for it. it it's again, I think it's the wrong battle. I don't think there's a way to go about it. To, honestly. I know I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, Chris, but you posed the question. How do you think you would, uh, how do you think you would deal with that? You kind of had a good idea where you start like a conversation with her and be like, this is, you know, maybe some other angles you should look at these topics at. (laughs) Um, I know like, like when Drew Brees made some comments that not everybody agreed with about like the George Floyd protests, there are players from the Saints organization that went and spoke to him and like basically educated him, you know, a little bit more. And same thing with uh, Deshaun Jackson. He made some or retweeted some, anti-Semitic stuff uh, like last off season. And a lot of people from the Eagles organization went and had a chat with him. And I'm not sure how much that changed, but they basically like people try to start conversations where you get exposed to like the other ideas that you might not be, you know, and challenging your beliefs. And I think that's a good place to start. I don't know how you do that, but. Well, no, I just, I think that's so embarrassing that you're a grown man or woman and you have to be educated by other grown men and women on how to be a tolerant human being like 
it just seems so ridiculous that, that that's something that we need for people who are, I mean, in both instances, you mentioned much older than we are. So it, yeah. I don't know. It feels a little ridiculous, but, but I do agree that if you are going to start in a place, I mean, clearly that's worked in the past with these, uh, with people in the NFL. So maybe that's a good way to go about it, but I mean, she doesn't seem too beaten up about it. She's going to be working for uh, Ben Shapiro and a bunch of other probably right-wing production companies. So we'll see, we'll see what the future holds for her, I guess. You might see her on Fox News as a uh, media analyst here soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so do you guys want to uh, switch switch gears a little bit? Talk about Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we all know, as the entire world knows, Pokemon Day is coming up pretty soon. Um, <laughs> no one cares, but it is it is actually coming. Up. It's on the twenty seventh and um, of February. The, yeah, February. Yes, it's, it's going to be pretty soon. And they announced um, on the main Pokemon Twitter and Facebook pages that like a lot of artists are doing recently i know in Fortnite this has been kind of a big thing but uh post malone is going to be doing a virtual pokemon concert um so he'll be like a a cartoon version of himself and i guess he'll be performing uh yeah okay so in 11 days yeah Uh, but he'll be performing a couple of his songs 7 p.m on youtube twitch and uh pokemon's website it's interesting too because this is going to be a pretty big news day for Pokemon too. I think they're going to be announcing a lot of uh, games, probably a Diamond and Pearl remake, which I know people are really excited about. Um, I like this poster. That is actually a pretty cool poster. It kind of looks like the Detective Pikachu one, like it's got that kind of uh, style to it. Mm-hmm. That that's actually what I would be excited about too is a new Pokemon movie because I don't know if you guys saw Detective Pikachu but it was actually like a really a, a relatively quality film um, which you don't get a lot of the time from video game movies. Yeah, I've never I didn't personally see it, but I, I always had heard good things about it for the most part. Um, that was just a, a fairly well done overall film. Um, yeah, for sure. It's like it's definitely a film that I would like to see a sequel to at some point. So maybe that'll get announced. Um, obviously, the game stuff. I'm sure Pokemon Go will get some kind of big update because that's still well, going on. Man, that game is. I mean, so I pop on it from every now and then, uh, just to mess around, pass some time here and there. My parents' new house happens to be like right around like twelve Poke stuff, so I'm just like you know, occasionally I'll jump on when I'm over at their place. But it's it I, it's after like three or four minutes on it, you're like, all right, I'm bored of this already again. Yeah. Man, I missed that summer. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was summer of our lives right there. <laughs> you and I, I remember Thomas, you and I day one, um, we went out and uh like I I downloaded the app and then we immediately started driving around and just like walking. Cause that was when the Pokemon app gave you um footsteps for how yeah, close it was. Yeah, like were. roughly the direction and like how close something was. And that was almost more fun because you had to actually like explore and like walk around and try and find mm-hmm. them. Um, man, that was that was like the best summer ever because literally everyone on planet Earth was playing that game. Yeah, we would like go over to like some of the park areas and stuff like that. And there's just so many people walking around doing the exact same thing. And we got to meet different people and it, it got everybody outside and just, you know, enjoying community and, and, and just being a little bit more active, like I mean, I think that game, that game did more for the active health of America than <laughs> anything else has done in the past twenty years. <laughs> Everyone was super in shape that summer. You were uh, walking everywhere. A lot of the Pokemon I caught were I had a delivery job at that time, and uh, every time I'd like be walking back from someone's uh, door to my car, I'd open it and like see if anything was around. <laughs> No, it's it's super fun to like explain. And I actually still think it's a fun game. Like usually during the summer is when I kind of get back into it a little bit. But they'll be like, "Oh, there's some new raid boss or you know whatever," and I'll go and do that. But it's getting harder and harder because they have all the five star raids where they're like, "Oh, you need like 15 to 20 people," and it's like just me there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never gonna be able to catch any of these. So, so I did find that with those, what you do is you gotta join one of the Facebook Pokemon communities. And they have specific raid communities and like people will just post their raid and you got to use one of their, they have remote passes now um, that you can buy and 
So like you can just go to whatever raid in the world. You just gotta be friends with that person. So like people are constantly posting this thing. They're like their uh, trainer codes and like oh add me. I'll invite you into this one and like um, that's how you get like all the legendaries and stuff like that or like global specific ones. Um, so that part's pretty cool. Like they still have a pretty strong community with a lot of these people and. Oh, for sure. But so that's interesting. I didn't know that with the remote raid pass. Cause I thought, I thought the remote raid pass was just like, you have to still be able to see it on your map, but you don't have to be right next. It can be literally anywhere. Yeah. It, like randomly when I get on, like, even if I'm not trying to go raid or anything, I'll get on just to like, you know, spin folks out, maybe throw a few things out here and there. Um, and if somebody who I'm friends with, is near one i you know the it shows who's online when you look at your friends list i'll get random invites to go help you know battle in some raids and get different you know the commonality right now is is uh, mega pokemon and um uh legendaries um so you'll randomly just get invites for it and then you don't you can choose to accept it or not and use a remote raid pass and all of a sudden i'm in bosnia herzegovina trying to catch pokemon you know that's awesome. I didn't know that it could like literally go anywhere. That's super cool. Yeah. I, now I want to start playing again. <laughs> hey, you gotta jump into these little Facebook communities. I'm in one. It's kind of dead. It's been dead for like a couple months, but they um they used to post a lot of that kind of stuff around my area. But uh that it's game is like still a, just as fun. It's just everybody stopped playing it. But my issues with it is they didn't evolve it enough. I, I it just kept so much with the basics of what they originally started with like the, the raid functions cool and everything and being able to go and find legendaries every now and then and um i don't know just some of the things just are so time consuming to do like uh trading to me is just almost worthless because in order to trade anything worthwhile you have to get your friendship level to a certain spot but to get your friendship level to a certain spot you got to gift each other back and forth for like feels like forever i think it's like to get to best friends you have to it's well over like a hundred days um just, otherwise it costs like a, a million stardust if it's a pokemon that you don't have yep. which is totally pointless when you're restricted to a certain point too as i don't think i think it's not until you reach like the second or third level of friendship of one of them i think it's the third you can't check you can only trade with like certain kinds of pokemon like you can't trade legendaries until you get to a certain point um and you're just restricted to like common Pokemon. And then even at that, they're still expensive. I think I did one with one of my buddies who was up in Michigan and it, it cost like an unnecessary amount of Stardust. I was like, oh, well, you know, I just wasted all that. Yeah. And all it was was like a, a Piplup or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a the, the, the whole monetary system in that game is kind of broken. But um, I would love to see them use the AR to do Pokemon, like the... um to actually do Pokemon battles so you could put your phone up and you can see the Pokemon battle in real life. They would just like plop it down on the ground or whatever. Um, and Pokemon, cool. they've always had weird accessories, like maybe like glasses that you can hook up into your phone and then you can sort of see Pokemon in the real world. Like they have that with Google Glass now. So you can develop like a cheaper version of that where you'd be able to see AR Pokemon in real life. Um and it wouldn't surprise me if you get something like that in the future. Maybe it'll be announced in whatever eleven days at the Post Malone concert. But be pretty hype, right there. Are you guys tuning into the concert? Yeah, I'll definitely watch. Probably not. <laughs> no, but that's that's mostly that's mostly because most likely I'll be at work. That's fair. Yeah. I uh yeah I, I was it's interesting to see all of these artists do this. I think um. You know, Travis Scott did the four. Uh, most of this has been Fortnite stuff. I think Jay Balvin did a Fortnite thing. Travis Scott did a Fortnite thing. Um, somebody else, maybe Lil Uzi did a Fortnite thing. There's like it's mostly been uh, hip hop and rap artists, but uh, and I guess again with Post Malone. But it's an interesting way of doing it now that we can't go to concerts or do anything, uh, you know, together. Unless you're in New Zealand, yeah. Unless what? You're in New Zealand. They're living it up down there. Oh, yeah. They they got rid of that shit in, like, a day. <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, we're going to shut down. And then everything's like, all right, we're back to normal. Like, wow. So that's what a competent government looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like that or in China where they're like, stay inside or we'll shoot you. And everyone was like, all right. <laughs> they got rid of it. So, I mean, I hear North Korea was pretty effective in their COVID policy. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying we should institute that here, but... <laughs> 
Uh, it works. It works. Results. It's effective. Um, no, I think that's interesting. Um, but I'm so sick of Fortnite. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, have any of you all been on Fortnite recently? Um. My well, my brother plays it all the time. I, I play it like once in a blue moon at this point, but he's on it pretty much all day, every day, like a normal teenage boy his age. Yeah, I don't think I've well, played uh, it in a year and a half, maybe. <laughs> it's been a long time. So, like, yeah, the, the last time I, I really played that game seriously was just before they started adding in like all the, the I mean, right around like shopping cart area, and I don't even all the kids at work know exactly what season it is. I'll say that. I'm like, oh, that's so old. And then I, you know, got on it not too long ago, and I'm getting in the game. I'm like, this is way past my realm of capabilities right now. There's just so much happening at the moment. I mean, people are just like, flips of buttons have towers all the way to the sky. And I'm like, dude, I got to focus on even what wall I'm putting up here right now. <laughs> dude, that's the one thing I hate most about that game is the building. And I know it's like an essential part of it, but I, I like, I can't stand building shit like to go. Like, I wish it was just a battle royale where you shoot people. That's why I stick with Call of Duty in all honesty. I was going to say Call of Duty. That's yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't played that in like, couple months either <laughs> i don't have the hard drive space for warzone shit's like 150 gigs it's crazy it's massive i had to get a terabyte just to get it just to be able to get it <laughs> yeah it's crazy that you have to buy like an external drive for one video game that's absolutely nuts yeah. but it, it was fun uh that was that was like the highlight of quarantine for us for a little while so we were trying to get you on it connor but you know you're reluctant to use your playstation 4 for a while there i didn't have um I didn't have whatever the PlayStation version of uh, just PSN, right? Is the oh uh, yeah the PS Plus. PS Plus, that's right, yeah. that's right. I have that now, so but I now I just I like I was, I was gonna get the um the newest Call of Duty because I thought it would be pretty ch- or the one before this, which mm-hmm. I guess was just Modern Warfare. Yeah. Um, but it's still like fifty bucks, something crazy. Oh yeah, they're not dropping the price on that or anything right now. I mean, yeah, I guess if it's stock is way up and. They're just making their money and having a good time. Has the new one been announced? Like, have they said another one's coming out this year? Probably not yet. I think there's some sort of teaser with uh, PlayStation when they did their whole, like, big gaming release for the PlayStation 5. I think there's a teaser for it, but I don't think we really got much of anything from it. It's not that I remember. Yeah, because Cold War just came out. Yeah, that's to say, Call of Duty doesn't usually come out till fall-ish, like late fall, so... Yeah, they usually announce it around this time. Like, whatever the new game's going to be, they, they do it a couple months in advance. Um, but it might still be a little bit too early. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, I'm definitely excited for the... Uh, the I, I, I'm kind of a... I love, I love all things Pokemon, so, you know, whatever they want to do. And then a Diamond and Pearl remake would be awesome, because I think Gen 4 was really good. Kind of underrated. One of my favorites. Um, really mad when I lost my... Nintendo DS, DS Lite, you know, throwback too. Um, I love that game. I had both of them. I played both of them just so I could have both legendaries. Oh no, I used to do the same thing. Like I would, I would buy, and that's that's where they get you because like you, um, especially with Gen Three, like Ruby Sapphire. Like I bought both of those, and then I also bought Emerald. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sold them like a dumbass, and now they're worth so much money. <laughs> Ooh, I better look that up. I still have. Uh, I think I still have Sapphire and Ruby. Yeah, those are probably worth like 60 or 70 bucks, depending on um, where you sell it. Because a, a lot of the ones that are in circulation now are reproductions, and those are only like 20, like 15, 20 bucks. It's just like an emulator version. But if you have an original one, like that's good yeah, money. I have, a, I have my original one from my Game Boy Advance way back in the day. I have, yeah, I was about to say, I have, uh, I don't think it's in here. I have Crystal right here, which apparently, I don't know if you guys can see that, but apparently that one's worth a lot of money. I might have to look into that because I no longer have my beautiful pink translucent Game Boy Advance anymore. Oh, you the translucent one? Yeah, I had a, had a pink translucent one. It was, it was supposed to be my older sister's, um, and she didn't play video games, so I just stole it from her and it became mine. Nice. Yeah, those are worth a lot of money now, too, because there's not a lot of Game Boy Advances that still work. I, I do have, I don't know if y'all remember this, it was a little knockoff thing. It was very short-lived after the uh, SP the uh, Game Boy Micro. 
Oh, do you still have a micro? I have a micro somewhere at home with the changeable face plates and everything. Yeah, oh, those things were was... like like that. Yeah, oh, they were tiny. It was like the size of your Game Boy Advance screen. <laughs> How do you can you see on that? Like do you have to hold Oh it? my god. You were like this the entire time playing, but it was a backlit screen and the volume on it was pretty decent. So like it, you know, it, it served its purpose. I just slide it in my pocket. Um I remember I, the only time I ever saw that it was at a uh, school auction and I, made, I forced my dad to bid on it because I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem with the, that basically made the original Game Boy Advance useless was that it didn't have the backlit screen and it made everything unplayable if you weren't playing in like the brightest room on earth. Did you guys have like the, like, on top. did you have the light attachment for that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you had to, yeah. it, but it didn't, all it did was make a glare. It didn't even help with the screen at all. Like it was mm-hmm. fucking useless. You either had to be in like the pitch black with that light or you had to have not, not use that light and be in like the brightest light you could find in your house just to see the screen. No, it was so annoying. And the worst part was that in Japan, um, when the Game Boy Color was released, they had one called the Game Boy Color Lite, like L I G H D, and it had um, it that one had a backlit screen, and that was in like 1996. And then the Game Boy Advance didn't, and I was like, why didn't you just take that and put it in here? Like it doesn't make any sense. You had the technology already, but you know. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, they do the same thing with cars. The Japanese have all the way better Japanese cars than we do. And they just send us like the watered down American cheap versions. Send us the garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because then they they fixed it with the SP, thankfully. But there's like, you know, for three or four years, everyone was pissed off about uh, it not having a backlit screen. You're like, your Game Boy Advance will become like this little tactical mobile gaming center because you had to have like the backlit light and you had to have the charging cord and. There's like three or four other accessories that I had with mine that just serve different purposes, and you just change them out and clip different things on, and like walk around with a backpack just for this little handheld device. (laughs) There really was like eight different things plugged into it to make sure it worked. Rate my setup, Game Boy Edition. (laughs) (laughs) That would be an interesting one. I'm gonna start digging for my house see if I can find anything. (laughs) Oh man, I wonder if they have a tier list thing for. Nintendo handheld systems. That would be one I definitely want to do. For handheld systems? Yeah, for handheld systems. Oh, they definitely do. We did that the website uh, has everything. We did controllers last time. Oh yeah, but that was like every controller that's ever existed. There was like <laughs> probably 20 pictures on there. That's a little too intense. Too, a little a little outside of my realm of expertise with that many controllers. I like uh, PlayStation 4s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were some i hadn't touched it was like the um like the sega cd or whatever i was like i've never held that controller in my life oh there is one. Look oh, there that. is a holy shit <laughs> there we go. see this uh, is now, too, there's like there's like 30 ds's on here there's one issue with this list i feel like half of these ds's are the same <laughs> ds ds Lite, 3ds Where's the... 3DS XL, 2DS, 2DS XL. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little heavy on the DS section. So we can put most of the newer ones just on the bottom list. I feel like I say that this got be S tier. That's S tier. Um, I would say Game Boy Color is S tier too, or maybe A. I, I would put, I, I put the yeah, the color. That's tough though, because I mean that yeah. one that one did have some amazing games on it. I feel like we should put the micro at like a C tier just for the attempt, but like there's nothing new that came out for it. <laughs> it was kind of just like a novelty at the end of the Game Boy Advance life cycle, basically. Its whole selling point was you can change the faceplate on it. Yeah, it fits in your pocket. Whoa! I had like twelve faceplates. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I miss though about the uh, the old Game Boy Color thing, or just systems in general, is that they just took batteries. Like you didn't have to wait for that shit to charge. You just popped it in. You're good to go. It dies on you. Like all right, just grab the next one. Yep. Instantly. Yep. Didn't have to sit there with it plugged into a wall just to try and continue playing your game while it charges. <laughs> I wonder how many landfills are filled with batteries just from Game Boy Colors. Like if they have <laughs> some kind of metric on that. The environmental side of me does not want to go into that just because <laughs> of, I, I'm, I'm fearful as to what the actual result would be for that. 
Yeah, you gotta get rechargeables. Oh, that's true. I don't. Did they have those when we were a kid? I don't know if when we were a kid, but I've been using the same like Energizer rechargeable dock since at least 2012. I'm not even joking because I use them for my Xbox controller. Oh, gotcha. I've lost batteries here and there, so I don't know if the batteries are from 2012. <laughs> but I know that dock is at least from 2012. I mean, that's a testament to the dock right there. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. The quality product <laughs> sponsored by Energizer. Do you have a? Do you have like an address link for that? Like website I can go buy? Like specifically um, 2012 Energizer. Oh yeah. Looks like I use the code Split Screen Media 15 percent off. Jeez. Um. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> I don't know if you can see the details. It looks blurry. I don't know. This thing, that's my recommendation for today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to start scouring eBay for one now. Well, speaking of which, um, Thomas, do you want to go ahead and hop into your mystery topic real quick? All right. So, yeah. Uh, so, since we started with Star Wars, um, and I'm a Star Wars nerd. I love the I love franchise, everything about it. Um, I'm not the most knowledgeable nerd about it in the world, but, you know, I like, I like to delve into it. Um, I don't know how much y'all have touched on this in the past, but uh, I'm really interested in, in their future projects going forward. Um, specifically, what's going on with uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi and the uh, Darth Vader specific. Um, I think Darth Vader, they're supposed to be in both movies, if I recall correctly. Um, or Obi-Wan might be a series, I don't remember, I'm sorry. A little out of the loop in the last few months. Um, but I'm super interested as to where they're going with that and the possibility of George Lucas signing back on or, you know, trying to help re-guide the franchise into a better light. Um, but really the, the Obi-Wan one that got my attention the most, especially with Ian McGregor and um, Hayden Christensen both signing back on to continue into the franchise, um, got me giddy like a little schoolgirl when I heard the news for that. Um, but I'm really fascinated to see with where they go, especially I've always been an advocate for wanting to know what happened in that time span between Order 66 and, you know, when Luke comes of age of what goes on with Obi-Wan, where, you know, where he is, how he survives Order 66, um, where he goes from there and, like, where his journey and travels lead him, what other possible Jedi remnants he might come across or other Jedis. Um, and I think it would be an interesting segue too is to see what happened possibly with like Ahsoka in between that time span too and you know how she made it out because it's it all kind of takes place in that same time period so it's interesting because I don't know where the Ahsoka show is going to take place because I don't, I don't think they've they've announced the show but they haven't said if it's going to be like during the Mandalorian-esque timeline or if it's going to be between episodes three and four which I think to your point would be preferable because you get to see more yeah. of her her time when she was a little bit younger um but i'm so yeah i'm i'm 100 with you i'm really excited for that obi-wan kenobi show um i think it's just gonna be my guess is that it'll be like a limited run series it'll get like one season maybe yeah. eight or nine episodes something like that but uh but yeah that that should be um really interesting to see more I, i'm kind of curious to see how hayden christensen is going to come back as darth vader because at this point, you know, after episode three, it's just him in the suit and it's James Earl jo Jones's voice. Yeah. Um, you know, it won't really matter necessarily if he's in it, unless at some point they take off his mask and you see it's him and he's all burnt and. Yeah. Um, but. Good. Oh no! I was just gonna say my my guess is that it might be flashbacks, like it'll, it'll show them when yeah. they're a little bit younger. I, I think what intrigues me the most, especially about the three projects there, including the Ahsoka one, is if they all coincide around that same time frame, it's a huge gap in the Star Wars universe that we just don't have much on, really. I mean, you know, I, Rebels goes into that kind of time frame, but it really focuses to a different grouping of characters, and we don't get to see as much of, like, you know, okay, well, what was Darth Vader doing throughout this whole time? You know, what is, how is Obi-Wan avoiding and, and you know, eluding the Empire in between that time period and, you know, where does Ahsoka go to? Where does she disappear? How does she survive? I think there's so many just, it's such a huge gap of time that we just know there's zero anything about, really, of actual substance with, at least to the main characters of the franchise. And I would love to just see more of that and, I don't know, it's 
part of what makes me such a nerd about this universe is there's so much you can do and there's so many time gaps and so many just areas you can explore and it just could really just become its own true like just true universe more than what it is now and it's true that the uh you know i feel like everything in the clone wars i've seen everything i will ever need to see in the clone wars they have you know it's and 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 they know that too like it's been done it's done to death everybody's okay with you filled in literally every single gap there could possibly be in clone wars so it'll be it'll be nice to you know because episode three ends and it doesn't really connect to episode four at all because there's like a 20 year gap (laughs) still yeah it's just like okay well okay anakin's now darth vader okay luke's of age now let's see where we go from there Right, yeah, because like, he's a he's a baby in episode three, and they're like, all right, now he's a grown man. Like they don't, you yeah. know, there's 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 not a Rogue One to be right in the middle of that. Um, yeah, one type movie. And then you you know you just go from seeing Darth Vader and agony, or Anakin and agony, becoming Darth Vader as the death of Padme happens, and his children are being split up throughout the galaxy. And then all of a sudden he comes to all right, he's like trying to take over the galaxy, and he's hunting down, you know, he, Luke and. It, what happens what gets what gets us from point a to point b there um and that's always something i've always wanted them i really didn't like that they went forward with a future trilogy before they kind of filled in the gaps of this but you know that's that's just me having problems with disney and how they kind of tried to murder my favorite movie series (laughs) quite successfully i might add (laughs) i mean it was a butchering but well done well done disney That was some Edgar Allan Poe shit. They chopped it up and hit it underneath the floorboards. <laughs> very, very accurate description of that one. There. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm, I'm excited for where things could go. And like I said, I, I mean, I really want to know about that. And then the other area I want to see happen, which I've heard rumors of, and I don't know if any of it's official yet, official, official yet. Um, but going into like the old Republic. Um, I've heard there's rumors of, of sparking up an Old Republic series um, and the games possibly coming back to life as well. Um, I don't, again, I don't know if it's official, but I would love to see that, like, you know, give a concrete definition of where the start of the Sith was, where the start of the light side was, what the original use of the Force and everything, and how just our uni- how the universe kind of started to become uh, the Star Wars universe. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're doing that a little bit now with an era they're calling the High Republic, which is supposed to be the new, the new version of the Old Republic. It's the Disney canon version of that. So it'll be thousands of years. It, it actually takes place, I think, even before the Old Republic uh, canonically. But it's going to be, you know, when Jedi and Sith ran rampant. <laughs> and it's going to talk about, like, what you want to see more of, the beginnings of the Force and... Uh, you know, the first Jedi and, and stuff like that. So that should be really, I think they're just doing comics and books right now, but I, I think eventually their plan is to move more into Disney plus television and then um, hopefully movies. Hopefully stuff. I, I think it'd be a great point for them to move to. And I, I think that pleases the old generation, but at the same time too, getting a newer generation involved because it is a new realm of stuff. So you can have a whole new audience that's just now getting sucked into it, especially if you do it right. You know, instead of doing a New Hope remake and then Empire Strikes Back remake and then Return of the Jedi remake, exactly what they did with the last three movies, which just literally remakes for everything up until all of a sudden, hey, Palpatine's back and he's been the overall villain and Snoke meant nothing. Yeah, yeah, they really they really threw away Snoke pretty hard. Um, Chris, how do you how do you feel about um, that rumor? where George Lucas may or may not come back as more of an idea man than an actual writer. I, I, I like it. I think, um, I, I don't really know how much influence he would have, but I think, see, see the problem is, is I don't, I don't know how much influence he's had on some of the movies that I've seen. So like, was he he was a writer for the first three right or was he just he was director he was he was director on one of the original trilogy films and then he was he directed all three of the the prequels okay. um and and wrote pretty much everything so 
it, he definitely had a lot of influence there. And I think the, the general consensus with George Lucas is that he has great ideas and he's an amazing world builder. Um, he is a terrible writer. He's, he's like one of the worst <laughs> writers of any <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to do dialogue. He doesn't know how to do character depth. Um, there's just there's just a lot of core aspects that are missing from his writing but his ideas are insane like he he is you know able to come up with these amazing worlds and universes and and world building mechanics and lore but that's why i think it's so exciting for him to come back in in an idea fashion for him to go here's something that i think would be a good idea now you go write it um which is exactly what happened with 2D Clone Wars, which is why that series is so amazing. He's like, I have an idea for something set in between episodes two and three. A uh, guy who made Samurai Jack, you go make that now. Um, which is exactly what I think would happen if he came back in a, a creative director kind of um, position. I need to watch. I need to watch the 2D Clone Wars. Dude, um, it's all on YouTube and it's like two hours. It's so good. <laughs> is it? I didn't know it was on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, no, it's on YouTube. I'll send you the link after this, but it's, oh man, it's amazing. Okay. That makes it my barrier to entry a little bit easier for that then. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, nobody cares about it anymore. So that's why it's just <laughs> on Well, YouTube. I've been trying to watch all the animated stuff. So it's, it's like that. one of my favorite Star Wars things ever. Um, it was it's and it still holds up i think it's not just one of those things where i'm like, like nostalgic for because i watched it as a kid or whatever like if you watch it objectively now you're like holy shit this is so much better than anything that's come out in star wars in the past five years yeah yeah I'm just trying to think if there's anything in the past five years that could even come close to no. now yes. you've seen it right thomas you've seen yeah it. oh it's, it's definitely top tier i mean his his only job being like creative kind of director role for it or just like the idea man for it uh just it just there's no stupid love story i don't have to deal with any of that thank god (laughs) (laughs) it's it's well done i mean it truly is and it it, i mean that's one of those things that i recommend to people that like who are on the fence about the star wars universe uh, you know go watch this you you know once you once you watch this and it can kind of appreciate it it pulls you in it's just kind of one of those things that dips your toe in the water and you just go further it's it's one of the reasons i'm so excited for that um that star wars anime that they announced at the um whatever the star wars convention was that they had or i guess it was more of just a disney convention where they were announcing um ips and stuff but they said that there's a star wars anime that'll be releasing within the next two years um and if it's anything like 2d clone wars i'm gonna love it oh you're not gonna be able to give me leave my sofa <laughs> I'm hoping that it's uh you know at least kind of up to par with that because everything that the I can't remember his name right now but everything that that creator um you know Samurai Jack Primal uh 2D Clone Wars like everything he touches is amazing just gold just solid gold on that solid gold <laughs> I really I'm gonna send you that link Chris because I really want you to watch it so we can talk about it next time <laughs> uh we could probably have it by the shaved head podcast oh yeah should i do that um should i update everybody on that real quick because that was probably confusing how i how it's about it's about time so okay so yeah we'll do that and then we'll do recommendations and then we'll uh we'll head off but yeah so basically the uh contest for me shaving my head has been accomplished everybody did it good job i'm very proud of all of you uh so i was planning on doing it that it was going to be this episode um, but just how things worked out, we we're going to do this episode and then next week is going to be just me and Chris. And that'll be where, uh, Chris is going to ask me questions like trivia questions from the MCU, maybe some star Wars stuff, whatever. And then, uh, I'm going to, everyone I get wrong, I'm going to shave like part of it off. So you guys are going to see the whole process, which I thought would be fun. Um, I just wanted to be known. I was a hundred percent voting for him dying his beard. Um, like I might head <laughs> that might be another contest that we do because that would be really fun. I will share anything you need me to share if you if you <laughs> promise to dye your beard. I don't care what it is. Right now, okay. What color do you want? I'm gonna let you decide right now. Rainbow. See, that's just so complicated, though. <laughs> yeah, stripes. I want you to, yeah, stripes down. If you could pull off the stripes down, I vote for rainbow. If not, um, 
I'm trying to trying to see you know what would, what would make Connor's eyes pop there you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing I, I I would be for like a, a real fiery looking red like a, a Spider Man kind of red okay <laughs> that's all you had to now. say was Spider Man I guess <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like a like a deep purple but I like red better just, just really pop on the screen I'll just I'll meet you in the middle I'll go hot pink. <laughs> I can come to these terms. <laughs> uh, I want specifically little... though bubblegum pink though, like like pink, pink, like pink, like like real pink. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm here for it. Um, but so yeah, just so everybody knows, that'll be next week's. Um, that'll be Friday the twenty uh, sixth. Yes, the twenty sixth. Um, so that will be when that episode is released. Uh, but yeah, real quick, I guess Chris, you already did your recommendation, right? You had the uh... yeah, yeah, it wasn't my original one, but um, a rechargeable energizer one. Also, because it helps the environment, not just because it saves your wallet, but it reduces e-waste. So, and the inter- you... uh, code split screen get fifty percent off your next purchase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Thomas, you want to go next? Do you want me to go? Um, I can go. Um, so. Uh, my other aspect is, is I'm a huge weeb. I love anime. Um, not as big as, as a couple of our friends. Um, but there's a, uh, there's a newer one that's out right now called Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, and if you like martial arts, you like your kind of classic shonen style anime where, you know, you got this main character just trying to bulk up and get more powerful and fall in that journey. Um, it's, I mean, so far I, I'm absolutely in love with this show. Um, one of the newer ones to come out that actually caught my interest. Um, I mean, the so far the animation style is great. The art's really well done. The fight sequences and scenes are really well done. And the, the show moves at a decent pace um, and doesn't drag on. Um, it's a slightly different take on some other stuff, um, but it deals with your typical kind of anime style stuff. There's a lot of martial arts. There's a lot of inner focus power. And um, the whole show is just basically people, is people versus demons. And uh, I think it's I, so far really well done. I think there's 14 to 16 episodes out right now, um, real early on. Um, but I highly recommend it. Uh, definitely something to just give a watch to, um, especially if you're looking to just try and get a little bit into anime or just get a little bit more into anime if you've never really crossed into that. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask how like entry level it was. If it was like you need a little bit of stuff behind you, if you could just jump right into this as a novice. Not really. You could just jump right into it. There's no background lead up to it. Um, I don't know i watch most of my sub stuff in sub um so i don't know if there's a dub version of it or not um but i i mean it's it's not hard to get into i mean especially if you like anything with action fighting and borderline wizardry um it's it's right there up the alley it's 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 easy to get into it's it moves pretty quick i think within two or three episodes you've got decent fight sequences going on um and i mean it's pretty fast moving but like i said it's not anything that would be over anyone's head um and it, it explains itself at a good pace and everything and it's early on and there's only like i said 14 to 16 episodes so it's not like this daunting task of trying to get into a show like one piece which is almost at a thousand episodes at this point yeah that's 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 sometimes can be really intimidating when you're <laughs> when you're trying to get into something you're like oh my god there's 20 seasons of this like yeah this is first season's just starting to come out it comes out on like a week and a half basis right now um i believe i i watch it on a uh, crunchy roll um but there's also plenty of free anime websites i didn't actually say that if the fbi is listening um <laughs> that you can come and view this on and it, it's i hi- highly recommend it. it's good especially for anybody who liked who got into um demon slayer um with how that show was i mean another phenomenal show with really really well done artwork in it um but kind of along those same lines and again, highly recommend it. Not hard to follow, easy to get into, not complicated or anything like that. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like I didn't really have one, but this is like a weird, I mean, it's one of those ones. that's not really that strange or out of the ordinary. I've been listening to a lot of Ariana Grande the past like two days. <laughs> so, Sounds about right for Connor. Yeah, dude. I, I fucking, I love Ariana Grande. Um, but yeah, that's my recommendation. I like the new album. I think it's good. Uh, not as good as the last one, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's still better than most of the other. I- I'm so sick of the, like the Selena Gomez, um, 
uh, Demi Lovato, Halsey era of pop where everything just sounds exactly the same. Like they all have the same producers. So everything is mixed and, and the same exact way. And I feel like Ariana Grande kind of sticks out from that. I'll be honest with you. That's why I got in a different kind of area of music. Um, I got more into like J. Cole's recording or production company in Dreamville. A lot of the artists he brings on it just brings something different to the table. And it's not like the same consistent style of rapping, rapping about the same exact things. And, you know, you can't tell if it's Da Baby or Little Baby or whatever baby's coming up next. Um, it, 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 there's more originality to it. And you have more different kinds of artists. And I, I, I'm not the biggest Ariana fan, but I can appreciate her music just because she's not run-of-the-mill, complete stereotypical pop. Like, she has her pop hits, but... You know, the girl's obviously a very talented musician who's not just having the same four producers writing for her for everything. Yeah, I like the new stuff, too, because it's very um, it's very trap influenced. So you kind of get a lot of those like heavier bass bass lines and, and drum kicks and stuff like that. So that's that's always fun when you're listening to uh, her stuff that it doesn't sound exactly. I hate this, the new thing in pop now is that the chorus isn't words. It's just sounds. It's like, nah, 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 nah. And like, that's the whole chorus. And that's really, it's so annoying. <laughs> but if you listen to it on the radio, you'll hear it all the time. Ooh, um, man, I don't touch the radio anymore. No, the radio is a nightmare. It's all ads. Chris, yep. I feel bad that we like, you can do your real recommendation if you want to. <laughs> I, I was just going to recommend Red Bull because I've had a lot of busy days lately, actually. Yeah, sure. Hold it up. 20% off split screen Let media. It focus. <laughs> um, and no, I've had a lot of, of long days lately, and I, that shit's got me through a lot of it. It's good for everybody nowadays. Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess we can kind of wrap it up there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like the the podcast, be sure to you know like and subscribe. Check us out if you want to listen to the audio versions. If you don't want to see our faces, which I understand. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we're, we're all on there. Uh, I want to say thank you to Thomas for being on tonight. Really appreciate it, buddy. Well, yeah, um, thank you all for having me on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, anytime. And uh, I guess, Chris, thanks for being on again for the 18th time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.